0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe.
1: I want to hear scary. cannons. Outfield,
0: Pull-up ball of the five. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. My Evans does it again. Fire the cannons, Bucks. It's first and goal. That's, That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondell Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers
1: may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up with it. Heads in the side. Derek Brooks 30. Brooks to the 25. He's 20. going. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Derrick. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And they're the cannons go. Fire them. Keep, well. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them.
2: 34 to 20 your final score from Lambeau Field as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers emerge victorious over the Green Bay Packers and extend their record to seven and seven the first time this ball club has been 500 since I believe October, it's been a while. It has been a very long time, but as the playoff push continues for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they come up huge today. the offense in particular probably the best game of the year for Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. Chris Godwin, also a monstrous day. We'll talk about that and then some over the next hour or so. But welcome back to the Cannon Fire podcast live on YouTube today following a Buccaneers victory, which always is that much sweeter. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucsNation.com, Evan Wanish. Evan, how do you feel about that win today? Because, you know, I, I didn't pick the Bucs to win this week. And I thought I had a general idea in my head of what this game was going to look like. And just like they have all season, the Buccaneers completely diverted my expectations and uh, come out big time to win this one on the offensive side of the ball.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I I didn't pick them to win either. Um, so it wasn't, you know, and and I saw a lot of people, you know, not not picking them. And look, the, the Packers were playing pretty good football, despite the loss to the Giants uh, in the previous week um and i was even talking to you but you know before the the show obviously we'll get some callers but like whenever you know this is like the most this is going to be like the most brady era type game review that we've had in quite some time um that like yeah like they like that offense kicked the defense's butt. Like you know, like the Bucks defense, we'll talk about it. There's room for improvement there. There's a lot to be desired with the Buccaneers defense. Uh, because the Packers also moved the ball pretty well. It's just the Bucks offense moved the ball better. Um, so there is room for improvement on the defense side of the ball. But like the offense just went out and just dominated. I, I mean, it's you know, it just seemed like it seemed like the game was never in doubt. Just because you knew if okay, if the Packers scored like the Packers defense wasn't going to be able to stop this Bucks offense today. And uh, kudos to, you know, everybody, uh, Baker Mayfield, Dave Canales, I thought caught a great game, uh, Rashad White. The offensive line struggled a little bit, but I think in the second half cleaned it up a, a good bit there. Um, I mean, Baker really only had one play uh, where he made a mistake, and that, w- that was on the fumble and just holding the ball too long, which you've seen. Uh, he's done that from time to time this season, but uh, hopefully, you know, you can just, be able to cut that out and but it was the only turnover and that was key so um I mean like I said Rashad White did his thing they had zero answers for Chris Godwin I mean this Packers defense just had no answer uh for Godwin at all and Evans was in a supporting role but hey in a supporting role he called a touchdown so uh and then David Moore obviously from basically out of nowhere like with, with the burst and everything um really really great play there so like it's yeah, like the offense went out there, just did its thing. And that's easily the best. I mean, that's the best the Bucks offense has looked under Todd Bowles as head coach. Yeah, like
0: yeah, the, the that, best. E- even
3: <laughs> last year, they didn't look that good. Like they didn't yeah. look that dominant. I think they had seven or eight plays over 20 plus yards. So the explosive plays were there. Um, we're never really in any third long situations. And uh, yeah, protected the football. And, and, you know, 34 points is what you're going to get. Absolutely.
2: One of the best. Days of offensive production we have seen in several years. And at the point of that fumble, because that's what people are going to talk about is the Baker Mayfield fumble, that was a huge turning point for this game. Yeah. From that moment on, the game could have gone one of two ways. The Bucs could have a- allowed that to beat them and then allowed Green Bay to just continue on their way. But they didn't, and that was huge, especially from Baker Mayfield. We'll talk about his performance in the offense a little bit more in a bit. But if the Bucks do not win today... I think the biggest news of the day is going to be uh, Devin White and his inactive status for this game in Lambeau. And we'll open up and we'll talk about that very quickly before we dive into the game. Only because it was announced about 30 minutes before kickoff that not only was Devin White going to be inactive today after practicing all week, but he was going to be a healthy scratch, according to Todd Bowles. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a smart man. But the writing is on the wall here enough for me to believe this is probably it. As far as Devin White and his future in a Bucks uniform?
3: Yeah, I mean, I didn't really. And Todd Bowles is probably going to talk to the media. I'm sure, you know, I'm positive he's going to get asked about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting, um, that, you know, they made that decision. Uh, now, I mean, there was something Rick Stroud said, I believe, you know, it was a coach's decision, but also, like, there's a possibility that Devin White told them, um, that like told them like even though he practiced he wasn't quite ready to go so uh, but either way I mean that makes headlines you know that that makes headlines that you know he practiced fully and wasn't playing and the defense the Bucks are now three and zero without Devin White in the starting lineup uh, as their middle linebacker and yeah but like you said even if Devin White does return I just Pretty obvious what's going on here. Like, it's pretty obvious that what's going to happen. Like, Devin White, as we've said for a while, like, and we're not the only ones that have said it for a while, but Devin White will not be back in 2024. Um, he, He's not going to be back, especially with maybe, maybe Baker Mayfield needing a contract. You know, if they retain top bowls and they choose to keep Baker, like, you know, I, I think they'd rather spend the money there. So, uh, I don't expect Devin White, you know, to be back in Tampa Bay. I think this is the beginning of the end pretty much. And you know, we'll have to wait and see, but a massive win for the Bucks, obviously. And uh, the defense, KJ Britt, I thought looked good again today. So, I mean, is it a long-term solution with KJ Britt? I'm not sure. Uh, I think Servase Dennis, if you're looking at who is the higher ceiling, that Dennis probably has the higher ceiling. But um, I, I do, you know, kudos to KJ Britt for, for playing his butt off today.
2: Yeah, eight tackles last week against Atlanta, and he filled in great next to Levante David today as well. One more thing I want to get your thoughts on as far as Devin White. You know, people are obviously going to look at this as is nothing more than a relationship that has turned sour between the Bucks and Devin White. You know, I I can't speak for what other guys in that locker room have to say about Devin White. I imagine most if not all of them have a ton of respect for him. He's a former team captain, 2019 first round pick for Tampa Bay, but the fall off that he has had since that 2020 season is really something that it needs to be studied. Like I <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know what really happened. You know, I I think Unfortunately, this is probably going to happen with a lot of younger players and we did hear about it in 2021. I think Devin White started to believe his own hype to start that 2021 season. He ultimately got called out as did the rest of the defense when you know after that one game I think it was against Atlanta he admitted that oh well sometimes it gets hard back there because sometimes these games are easy and and people have hated him ever since that quote and it it seemingly has not gotten any better for him since then. But I, I want to kind of address it from this point of view, as far as his effect on the Buccaneers franchise, a, a lot of people are going to be quick to say that, like, "Oh, he's a bust." This was a wasted pick for Jason Light, and I don't think that could be further from the truth.
3: Um, yeah, I wouldn't go bust. Uh, I, 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 I wouldn't say bust. Um, like, I, I, I still think he's the, a guy the,
2: who could who could go play for another team. And have a little bit of a career resurgence. Like, I think a change of scenery... He's just one of those guys... We've seen this in franchise history before. Like, I, I think he will have success elsewhere. Maybe not on the level he did at that 2020 playoff run. Because many people touted him as one of the best linebackers in the league after that season. But... I don't know. It just... It, it, it's hard for me to sit here and bash the guy. Considering how important he was to this team back in back in
3: 2020. Yeah. Um, but I mean... And this is going to sound a little stupid, but it's like, oh, yeah, take away the dude's best stretch. And what is he? But like, if you take away those playoffs, like if you take away those four games, basically, like what is Devin White? You know, like he's a average linebacker that occasionally makes some plays. And I do think like, yeah, the reason why you're not completely out on him and why I don't like NFL teams. I don't think they're going to be completely out on him is because the ceiling is still pretty high for a guy like him. Um, I think that that's, and that's another reason why I don't really well, don't want to use the, the bust word. You know um, you can maybe use that with a guy like Joe trying, or like Logan Hall. Like, you know, those guys are approaching that territory. I don't really want to go there with Devin white just yet. Um, because I do feel that, like you said, he could probably go somewhere and have success. I just, I don't foresee that being in Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that ship has sailed, uh, and I just, I think both sides, I, I think, are probably ready to move on. I think the Bucks are ready to move in a different direction, allocate that money to a different resource. Um, and then also, you know, I think Devin White's kind of, you know, he was obviously sour by it. I mean, requesting a trade in the offseason, like, you know, that obviously rubbed him the, the wrong way. And look, like I'm not going to. I'm not going to fault any player for you know, for one thing money like I'm not going to fault him for one thing a big contract that he felt he deserved like duh you know I'm not going to not going to sit here and criticize him for that but I think he could have gone about it a different way I think he could have uh, maybe been a little bit quieter about it you know and gone about it a little bit more professionally than requesting a trade because you didn't get your way um especially when it you know, the production doesn't quite match up. So I don't want to spend too much time with Devin White. Uh, he didn't play today. He didn't suit up for the Bucks today, and it's it's the bi- their biggest win of the season. Their most, their most convincing win of, of the season, I think. So I don't really want to spend too much time on Devin White here. and And that's why, like, we talked last week, right, about how, like, yeah, I, I get, you know, the fans saying, oh, it's a win, you guys are complaining. Like, yeah, because they weren't playing well. Like, against Carolina, they didn't play well. Like, they didn't deserve to win that game. Against Atlanta, they didn't play well. They didn't deserve to win that game. This game, though, they played well. They just played a good brand of football. Now, was it perfect on both sides? No. Like I said, this defense leaves a little bit to be desired, for sure. Um, But this offense was just fantastic today. And uh, kudos to them and and hats off to them because uh, they were really, really good. So, um That's basically all I got on Devin White, though. The defense looked fine without him. Casey Britt has filled in pretty well, and yeah. I Uh, agree. Best of luck, I guess.
2: I agree. It is what it is. Let's move on and talk about the guys who did make an impact today for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll start with the offense. That monumentous day led by the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, 22 for 28, 381 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Of course, the lost fumble, which he had to bounce back from, but if you take away that fumble, might be the best game of Baker's career. Like, yeah, it could be. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't was... want. I don't want to overreact, but this is the first time in his career he finished with a hundred and fifty-eight point three perfect passer rating, and he did it in Lambeau, where as a kid he got to watch his quarterback idol Brett Favre play Hall of Fame caliber football for many, many, many years. So, if anybody's feeling great about this win, it's a uh, Baker Mayfield, and of course, the Baker stands.
3: Yeah, well, and, and Baker Mayfield also this from NFL and CBS. Uh Baker Mayfield became the first visiting QB ever with a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field with a minimum of five attempts. So uh making history there. So um yeah, really, really good. And Green Bay is a is a tough uh you know, it's a tough place to play. Uh little update though we said about on Devon White. Um uh, it was that uh, Todd Bowles in post game, the reporter said, This is from Greg Allman said he made Devil Way inactive today based on him saying he couldn't go today, he said his foot was still sore. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if, if he practices fully next week, then there's not really much of an excuse. But, um, yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield was just you know phenomenal uh, today, and um, you know, it's just Felt like they had all the answers, you know, that they, they had all the answers to the test. And like you said, besides one play, uh, this could be up there for Baker Mayfield's best game of his career. And that's the type of game you that you needed against a team. That's not like, or the Packers, the best team in the NFL. No, like they're pretty average, but like, it's not like you're doing it against the Carolina Panthers, right? It's not like you're doing it against the worst team in the NFL. Like, oh, of course you do that. Like, you went into Lambo in December and were able to do that. So, that matters. I mean, almost 400 yards passing. Yeah, um, and, and on you know, top of that, the Bucks allowed five sacks today. It, it was not the best yeah. day for the
2: pass rush. And, it, you know, Baker continued to play well through that. We've seen before where if an opposing pass rush can get to your quarterback and slow him down, we've seen him not necessarily bounce back in other weeks. But... This week, even with the lost fumble, which led to points, the Buccaneers retake the lead. And even with the constant pressure, one of them being a costly sack for the Buccaneers later in the game, deep in Green Bay territory. A couple times today, he probably held on to the ball too long. Like, that's yeah. the biggest complaint. But, you know, between an offensive line that was inconsistent, a pass rush that was in his face all day today, his best game of the year in a Buccaneers uniform by far.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, not there's not even a, a question about it. So, um, yeah, it was really good. And, and like and like we said, though, it's you know, we're not really going to there's not much to say. was like, yeah, he's really, really good. Like
2: whatever the bu- uh, the, for- the better the Bucks play, the easier the show is to do. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys have remembered, but, you know, Evan re- re- talked about a Tom Brady style post game show, and that's because. You know, there's one game that I can think of in particular where Tom threw five touchdowns against the Dolphins at home.
3: Yeah. And I think so, I mean there, there was there was that one against the Bears that they won by like 30. We're right. like, "Okay, like, uh, like they they kicked their butts." Like Yeah,
2: all of our post-game shows are usually like 30 35 minutes long when that's the case. So, it's not going to be quite as long of a show today, but we'd still have some calls to get to. We got five people waiting on hold. Three of them uh three of them have been there since the start of the show. We're going to get to you, I promise. The Bucks were much better on third down this week. And uh, Chris Godwin was also a big part of that. Seven for 11 on third down conversions. And I'm pretty sure six out of seven of those third down conversions were from Chris Godwin, uh, yeah, who he had, was... had a monstrous <laughs> day. I was calling him, I was basically calling him Mr. Uh, Mister Third Down today. Mr. Third Down Conversion today was what I was calling him over on the play-by-play broadcast on the Mr. Bucks Nation channel. Godwin had a season best 10 receptions, 155 yards did not find the end zone, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Like you said at the beginning of the show, this Green Bay secondary, they had no answer for number 14 out there today.
3: No, they they didn't, and I mean, Godwin had ten, but the the next guy had four of Mike Evans as far as catches go. So it was yeah, the Chris Godwin show early and often, and I mean, just like you said, third and da- third down, uh, no matter how long it was. Like I remember there was a after Baker Mayfield got sacked, there was a second and eighteen, boom, Chris Godwin for twenty. Like it was just he was there when they needed him, and um. Yeah, just, just, just huge, just huge. And he did everything but get in the end zone today. So uh, when he's going to put up that amount of yards and that amount of catches, I don't really care if you don't get in the end zone. Uh, it's astonishing to me that I believe he still only has one receiving touchdown on the season, but um, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, but Chris Godwin, yeah. What more can you say? Like, he was he was Mr. Clutch for him. And, I mean, critical third downs there. Uh, early in the game, late in the game, at, at any point during the game, uh, Baker Mayfield found Chris Godwin there. And, uh, you know, like you said about, you know, Baker Mayfield getting sacked five times, I, I thought the protection was Pretty decent today. I did think that was a result uh, occasionally of Baker holding the ball a little bit, and that's the, obviously like we talked about the one complaint that you had with his game today. But um, I just yeah, hey, everybody on the offensive side of the ball just you know this week was the week that they had all put it together. I mean, obviously since since really that Houston game, like the offense has been consistently better. Um, but it, it wasn't all there, right? And if it was, they were moving the ball, they would turn the ball over. Or if they could pass the ball, they wouldn't be able to run the ball. Or if they could run the ball, that you know Baker Mayfield would throw ten straight incompletions. You know, it was. It seemed like it all came together this week. Uh, and if they got Mike Evans eleven catches, Chris Godwin had zero. Like you know, they had Mike Evans. Yeah, only had four catches, but he had a touchdown. Like only I mean, fifty-seven yards still though. You know, and uh, got everybody involved early, often, and uh, that's. Look, it's not all gonna be that way. And the Bucks offense for the rest of the season, probably not gonna have another game quite that good. But, but for this game, it was just fantastic. David Moore,
2: two catches for sixty eight yards, a late touchdown to put the Buccaneers on top and put a, and a down another a
3: critical third down. I yeah. mean, that was on third down. So um they don't get that. The Bucs are at midfield. You're probably not kicking a field goal there. Who knows what happens? Uh it was still it was, 27, it was 20 at that point. Yep. The Packers had just scored. Um, and yeah, I you know, you could be looking at a tie game there. Mike Evans, four catches, 57, found the end zone. Rashad
2: White, two catches for 50 yards, one of them being a 26-yard scamper for the touchdown from Baker Mayfield running the football. He also had a solid day as well. 21 carries, 89 yards, averaging 4.2 yards a tote. Chase Edmonds had three carries for 13 yards, averaging 4.3. Rashad White, another game in a row where he's got well over 100 yards from scrimmage. He was was a facet today, and the Bucs, Mm-hmm. kind of used him in the way that they have used him these last couple of weeks. You saw him get very very heavy-handed uh late in the fourth quarter of this game, ultimately putting him away and, you know, taking taking the dive at the 10-yard line to prevent running the score up any further. He had a great day.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, he it, it's weird because around this time last year was when he was basically the starter. Like, he took all the snaps away from Leonard Fournette, and he was looking really good. And that's what people had hoped for, you know, this coming into this season. And early in the season, it wasn't happening. And now, like, is this going to be a yearly thing? Like, if it is, that's great for a shot away, but, like, it's not really, you know, star material. But, yeah, I mean, he's playing like a star right now. I mean, you know, to be able to... And I saw somebody on Twitter, it might have... I don't remember exactly who it was, but somebody had mentioned like um basically like Alvin Kamara, basically kind of like like that type of player, and I agree. Um But as I talked about a lot, Kamara had Mark Ingram. So I do think they need to add somebody else. Like I think they need to find that one B to the one A there. But Rashad White, I mean, yeah, he continues on this stretch. He has three receiving touchdowns this season, two in the last two weeks. So, um, it has just been fantastic for the Bucks. It's a big reason why this offense has played much better recently. So, uh, Rashad White, again, didn't go over a hundred rushing yards this time, but, uh, got the job done. You know, 21 attempts, 89 yards. So, um, and like you said, basically again, for the second straight week, pretty much put the game away. Now, I mean, I know the Bucks were up 14 at the time, but like, yeah, like you're going forward on fourth down there. Like, you know, that put the game away. So uh that they clearly trust him enough to put the ball in his hands and um you know to make sure that that he's the guy that that ends it for him so uh that's all you're hoping for out of your running back there so yeah another another huge day for for number one
2: yeah and that was a big time conversion on that fourth and two as well because on the third down prior the bucks needed what three yards and they basically yeah. ran the same exact run formation an inside handoff to Rashad white out of the shotgun I didn't like the play call. I don't like a lot of, you know, if you're in need two to three yards, I feel like when you run out of the shotgun, you just add an extra yard or two to that total tally. But uh, they go to it again in fourth down, and it ends up working. Ultimately keeps the Bucks on top, and they're able to run the game out. A couple of big-time catches today from the second-year tight end, Kate Otten, two for 44. Trey Palmer had to catch for five yards, and Coquifed, the fullback. Uh, technically a tight end, but I'm going to call him a fullback. He finds the end zone today, has not seen a target since like the first week of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Then it takes him all the way until week 15 in Lambeau uh, for him to get a touchdown on the play action rollout. Big time play for number 41. Let's get to some of these phone calls. People have been waiting for a long time, and I appreciate their patience. Our first caller of the show from the 941, you're on the Cannon Fire podcast. What's your name?
1: Ryan, and uh, I have a question for the uh, Canon Fire podcast about Baker Mayfield.
2: Let's do it, man.
1: So, um, yeah, so I have a quote I tell people. Uh, We lose in spite of Baker Mayfield. Um, The minimum score when we win, the minimum score we put up is 20 points. Um, And I think our secondary, uh, whether it's injuries to um, Ryan Neal, Carl Davis, Jamal Dean, et cetera, et cetera, has really hampered our ability to win these games. Um, even if you look at the Texans game, where uh, we gave up that big play that led to the game-winning field goal for the Texans. Uh, one of your thoughts on that? Because I see a lot of people talking mess about Baker Mayfield and how he's like he's losing us these games. And in reality, I think it's Todd Bowles and the, just the lack of like um, defense the defensive coverage
3: and pass rush. Yeah, I mean, well, you bring up the Houston game, and that's a prime example, right? I mean, the Bucks offense puts up 37 points, and including taking the lead with 46 seconds left, and you lose that game. So, um, yeah, I mean, the defense is definitely, and, like, we've talked about it too. Like, yeah, like, the defense is probably, like, the offense and the defense are going in two different directions. Like, the offense is kind of going up. And this defense is going right down. Uh, it's it's kind of regressing. And I saw a couple of people say, you know, oh, the defense wasn't that bad today. But, I mean, the Packers were able to move the ball quite well. Uh, they got the ball past the 50-yard line, obviously, on their first drive. They couldn't convert on fourth uh, fourth down there. Jordan Love missed the guy. And then also, like, the other time, they had to go for it on fourth down because they were down two scores. So, like, you know, they were able to move the ball, and that's the concern. So um, I definitely think when you play quarterback in the NFL, you're going to get a lot of credit when you win. And you're going to get a lot of the blame when you lose, even if it's not completely your fault. And I agree that a lot of the Bucks' losses that, you know, haven't really been Baker Mayfield's fault. There's been a few times where I do think like, yeah, with a better Baker game, they probably win. But at the same time, yeah, like there's a lot of reasons. Like that Texans game, you know, that's a prime example. Like Baker Mayfield's not the reason they lost that game. Like the offense put up 37 points. Um, but like the Detroit game, yeah, like the Detroit game might have been Baker Mayfield's fault. Like it, it might have been that thing. Yeah, and, no, I, um, well, you know, but I, I definitely you're not alone. Uh, I don't I don't think you're alone. It's just I I think there's just there's people that you know um, are always gonna sit there and 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 blame blame the quarterback uh, when things are bad, even though it may not be a hundred percent on him.
2: Well, one more thing too, and I'll just say this about today's performance with the defense. You know, far too often, Jordan Love had way too much time. You know, a, a lot of the explosive yes. plays they oh, had yeah. today were simply because of just the extended time in the pocket he had to make plays. You know, only two sacks on the day for this defensive line felt like it should have been at least two more with just all the times that they had him, you know, closing in, couldn't couldn't uh couldn't hit home whether they sent the blitz or not. It's just it's been an issue and the regression of this defense has been a very active conversation at least on this podcast. Um, so it's going to be something to monitor throughout the rest of the year, but you know, luckily the Bucks had a big time offensive performance today, and Baker was a huge part of that.
1: Oh yeah, no, and um, I and I, w- I would hope that if we uh, if we do get rid of Todd Bowles, we can get some help on the secondary because uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. as great as as great as he is, cannot cover the entire NFL field. So yeah you know we might need some guys to come up behind uh uh, uh CD3 and uh Jamal Dean like you know
3: Absolutely. like
1: we just we need some some sort of like draft picks going to definitely our secondary um and also uh our offensive line uh we haven't been playing well in that regard either however um you like it's all young guys you know you have like uh, Tristan Wirfs. I think is I could be wrong. Is he's, he's the oldest guy on that line outside of um, Aaron Stinnie? Uh, like I think Aaron Stinney's
2: the only veteran, right? Yeah, I, th- I think you're. Yeah. I think you're correct.
1: Stinney, so when you have a bunch of young guys, I mean, it's it, it, they're gonna mold into each other, you know. But I think blaming again, like saying like our old line sucks with a run block, it's like well, you have a rookie, second year, Justin Worth. Second year center and then Aaron Stenning. Like you're not going to get like even average O line, you know, like protection right. with I, guys who are practically rookies and, and sophomores.
2: Yeah, I think with the cast of characters they've had on that offensive line this year, the fact that they've all started every single game is a testament. But I think they've been. Better than they certainly could have been this year, but obviously still a lot of work to do based off of that interior offensive line. But we appreciate your call, man. We're gonna to get to some more people, and uh, we'll 100%. talk to you soon. All right, go Bucks! All right, all right. Let's get to our next call here. We got yeah. a lot of people on hold, so we do appreciate you guys hanging on. You're on the Can of Fire podcast. What's your name?
0: Whoa, that Di- Corey Nashville. Y'all already know what time
2: it is. <laughs> What's hey. up, Corey?
0: Dial that, dial that shit up, Dave. That's what that was today. When you, when, you, when, you, when you got a running back you can throw into a seam route on a pop pass, you know you got versatility on your offense. And this is why, as fans, we've been so frustrated with our offense because we know we have the versatility. What I was thinking this offense would look like it would be a mix between the Saints game, today's game, and the fourth quarter of the Houston game, for example. But instead what we got was probably the Minnesota game, the, a mix of the Minnesota game, a mix of the Eagles game, and a mix of the Buffalo game where it was okay in spots, but it never seemed like we knew what, what we were capable of. This was the offense that we all pictured and wanted to see manifested when, when Dave Canales told us he knew how to get the ball to his weapons. Chris Godwin, amazing. He's going to end up with 1,000 yards and probably his worst season to the football eye. To the football eye, he's probably going to end up still with 1,000 yards. Mike Evans is a superstar. And this is what – this is this, – this is, the continuation of Mike Evans. This is we're going to continue his career. Not making him go across the middle, get those tough catches. He's going to be the one to break the break the defense off. He's going to score the touchdowns. And Chris Godwin does a lot of the dirty work. <clears throat> but Baker Mayfield. I don't care how many people I can name today. It starts and ends with Baker Mayfield. And this is and this right here is by a. Okay, he won the job. Finally, I get to see – and I saw it in the Saints game as well. seen it throughout the season. B, this is why I'm not hard-pressed about drafting a damn rookie quarterback. Personally, this is my rankings on first-rounders. With the way the NFL is today, pass rusher, left tackle, corner. That's where I am with with, with first-round picks. I don't care about quarterbacks because if you look at them statistically, they all look like Bryce Young in their first few years. I'm cool with getting the vet that knows how to play the game and I get it; people are not sold on Baker, but uh, I'm sorry, guys, people are not sold on Baker, but I, I'm sold on the coaching staff and the talent around him. And that's why I said earlier in this year I was fine with him being our quarterback, you know, in the near future. Just All right, thanks. Thanks, man. And um, sorry, I'm getting to my wife. My wife's car wash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I my wife. food. <laughs> but, but, um, and my last point, man, and this just got to be made. It has to be made. If nothing came, and this is gonna be funny, that I'm gonna do a callback to this. But thank God for Raheem Morris.
1: <laughs>
0: thank God for Raheem Morris. Without Raheem Morris, I'm not sure we got Levante David. That was his coach, right? Was that his coach? Why?
3: Um no, I actually think it was when Greg Chiano. Yeah, 2012
2: was Greg Chiano. Well, well, shout out,
0: out,
2: shout Greg out Greg Mark Shiano. Dominic. Yeah, Mark Dominic. Shout <laughs> yeah, out, Mark Dominic.
0: There we go. That's yeah. that. That's who came from the from the Raheem Morris. It was Mark Dominic. Shout out, Mark Dominic. Levante David. I, I'm out of. I'm out of. I'm out of superlatives for this guy. And for the, and for people to say his Hall of Fame status is in question, they don't know ball. They don't know ball. You want to put Luke Eakly as a as a as a as a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, fine. But you know what you're looking at in that situation? A Texas-Alabama situation. You can't put Luke Keeley in there from the yeah. same draft class as first ballot and tell me Levante ain't no Hall of Famer. You I can't agree. do it. I agree. You, can't, you, you, you just you cannot do it. And I, I got so much to say, but that's my car. I, I can go all day. I love you guys. Thank you for allowing me to vent. Go Bucks! I said we were going to go 4-0. I called it. I put it on Twitter. I said it. I might not have been the first person to say it, but I said it. And I, and I really believe we're going to be one of the hottest teams going into the playoffs. I don't know what happens then. I don't know what happened. But let's be honest. Philadelphia don't look like world beaters, guys. They, they didn't even look like world beaters when we played them in Tampa. They didn't look like world beaters. We, they were just better than what we were that day. But they don't look like world beaters. I'm just going to throw that out there. I love you guys. See you next week. Well, hear from me next week.
3: Love you,
2: Corey. Thanks, Go bucks, man.
3: Always, always a good call. Yeah. Always a good call from Corey. Um, we got one even more, when person, he's, one more I believe he was in the car walk. so.
2: Let me see. Hello, hello. You're on the Can of Fire podcast. What's your name? Oh, I am Steven. Hey, Steven. What's, What's up, going Steven? on, man? Not, not much. How you feeling about the game? Uh, oh, sorry. My speed wasn't on. Say that again? Yeah, that. I think.
1: Uh, yeah, that was a crazy game. The Sacramento pulled through.
2: I agree. It, it was a very, it was a very crazy game. Uh, luckily, the Bucks came out on top, and, and they are seven and seven. But Stephen, we do appreciate your call. I'm not really sure where that was going, but I'm going to go ahead and put a stop to it before it gets too far out of hand. But thank you for holding. I truly do appreciate you. Just sometimes you got to, you know. Keep your head on a swivel. Maybe be more prepared next time. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, We haven't talked a lot about the defense today, Evan. We've talked a lot about the offense. We talked a little bit about the defense, but I wanted to dive some more into your thoughts overall of what they looked like today for Tampa Bay. Because, again, we can talk about an underperforming pass rush. I, I do think there were a couple of moments in this game where... Just too comfortable letting Green Bay drive down the field the yeah. way that they did, especially the chunk plays that they were able to pick up. Some miscommunication, some guys out of position, a couple of breakdowns here and there. So I know that it was a winning effort, and when you have an offense that's firing on all cylinders, you can get away with that. But again, another week in a row where it seems like the offense is trending upwards and the defense uh, just not as good today as they were, you know, let's say, to start the season.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it's just like we talked about, you know, the defense and offense are going in two separate directions here, and uh, I mean, yeah, so everybody's, okay, oh, the defense only allowed 20 points. Jordan Love was 29-39 for 284 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and a <laughs> pass rating of 111.5 and zero turnovers. Yeah, I, I
2: mean, let's not forget as well, you know, they go for it on fourth down early in the game, and it's a Jordan Love miscue. Like, it, it was less mm-hmm. of an impressive play from the defense and more of just yep. Jordan Love not playing well. He was off target a couple of times today, and I'm not going to say the Bucks got bailed out because of it, but certainly, there was one touchdown that they got away with on a fourth down stop there because Jordan Love was just in ina- inaccurate.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um thought you were going to call him an a-hole there. I thought that's where I was going. That's <laughs> <laughs> so the way you said Because Jordan Love says that all. Spit, just- it, spit, it, spit it out, <laughs> Junior.
2: I was sitting there stuttering. You didn't know what was going to happen.
3: <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, Jordan Love missed that, that guy on fourth down. Uh, had a few other misses early in the game, but, like, you know, yeah, and, and I, I think that the big thing about this is the pass rush, and, and I think you mentioned it earlier that, you know, he had a lot of time to the, the, the find guys. I mean, he definitely did, and, um, you know, I mean, Octavian Wicks uh, really did a good job against the Bucs. Six catches, 97 yards. Uh, Tucker Kraft really killed him, too. Uh, I mean, Aaron Jones only had 13 carries for 53 yards and I'm surprised they went away from him as early as they did. I understand they were down for a good bit of the game, but like they were only down multiple scores for a very short period of time. So, uh, I was surprised that, that they, um, you know, that, that they went away from that because early in the, early in the game, I was like, oh man, I was like, this is going to be like the Aaron Jones show. I was like, they don't really have much of an answer for him. Uh, But then they went away from that and put the ball in love's hands more. And, you know, it it didn't really work out for him, but I mean, yeah, the defense has given up too many yards. Like I said, the Packers, yeah, they marched all the way down the field uh, the first time. Uh, And then they also had to go for it on fourth down that other time. So like even though the 20 points looks good, there if you watch the game, this defense was not very good today. And and they have the they did have the turnover uh there at the end on that fourth down. Um, So I said no turnovers. I lied. It was one turnover. But by that point, the game was pretty much over anyway. And it's just, you know, something to wear this defense. It feels like if they're not forcing turnovers, um, if they're not getting sacks, it feels like they really struggle to contain teams' offenses. And, uh, I mean, you got a a better quarterback than Jordan Love coming in next week and Trevor Lawrence. So uh, even, you know, Derek Carr from the Saints. Derek Carr looked – I know it's against the Giants, but Derek Carr looked pretty good today. So um, you're going to have to play better these next two weeks. And, I mean – the Falcons, looked, <laughs> the Falcons lost to the Panthers today. Um, yeah. The Panthers kicked the field goal right at the end to beat the Falcons. So it looks like this is going to be a two-team race for the NFC South, the, the Bucs and the Saints. And that means that that game in Tampa in two weeks against the Saints is going to be just massive. Oh. Um, but, I mean, the, the good thing for the Bucks, uh if you're still in the, oh, you know, want to make the playoffs no matter what kind of deal, the win today actually helps, even if they don't win the division. Like yeah. they might be a there wild is, card team. It, it,
2: not uh, a lot of people are talking about this. I know we've made this point a few times already this week, but it is a historic amount of mid in the yeah. NFC right now. Headed into this weekend, there were six teams in the conference with a six and seven record, and luckily for the Bucks, who just got to seven and seven, like you said. Uh, a win today over the team who had the number seven seed. It's going to go a long way for their wild card chances. If a division victory is not the way that they get in.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So like if, if you're, if you're a person who, you know, I personally, I think, you know, hanging your hat on the division winner is, is more important. But um, if you're a person who just wants to make the playoffs, that's something that you could look forward to. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, The defense didn't play well. We're not going to harp on it too much. We have all week to harp on it. They need to play better. uh, Obviously, if the Bucks want to still make the playoffs, like because I I don't think they're out of the woods yet. You know, they could very easily. You know, we predicted okay if you if you predicted losses against Green Bay and Jacksonville, and then wins against New Orleans and Carolina. Okay, it can still happen. Losses against Jacksonville and New Orleans and a win against Carolina. You're still two and two. Uh and at that rate you may not make the playoffs. Who knows? Uh so uh they definitely need to play better down, down the stretch, but uh I mean, look, you can't count on the offense to do what they did today every single game. So uh, and and obviously history and what we know about this offense has shown you that's not likely anyway. So um but the defense I, I think eh. It did help that they they bent at times but didn't break. But – and, I mean, the first touchdown they gave up was off a turnover, sure. Like, you know, the Packers got the ball right down there. Uh, but the defense has given up too many yards still. And uh, it, it's not – against better teams, it's not going to work. And against better teams, when your offense isn't scoring 34 points and getting 8, 9, 10, 20-plus play, you know, yard plays – uh, a game that's not going to fly, you know, so against teams, like, I mean, even like Philly, or I know they've struggled, but I mean, even like Dallas or, I mean, definitely San Francisco, like, even like Detroit, like that, that stuff's not going to fly. So uh, the defense definitely has to improve and just start forcing a little bit more turnovers, get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, because with these better quarterbacks, if you don't pressure them, Jordan Love may- made you eat it a, a few times a day. Uh, really good quarterbacks are going to be even even worse on you so um the defense that that's really the, the two complaints i have the lack of turnovers and the lack of pass rush i know everybody wants to complain about the secondary i get it the secondary has been disappointing but um at the same time in today's nfl like it's it's tough to play defense as an nfl corner right now man yeah, the nfl just the the rules and i'm not making excuses for any of these guys but like it just it helps so much when you have a consistent pass rush it's just it's amazing how much it helps your secondary and um you know and how much it exposes your secondary when you don't have that so I, i do think that's a key down the stretch here is trying to fix that pass rush
2: An opportunity at home against a better quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but also an opportunity to get healthy in that defensive backfield as well. We talk about the underperformance from the secondary, but you can't talk about that without mentioning the injuries as well. Jamel Dean finally back in the mix. He missed a couple of games. No Carlton Davis this week. And then uh, obviously we talked about Devin White being a healthy scratch for seemingly the rest of the season. I don't know how much effect that has had on the linebacker room, but the consistency of KJ Britt Still yet to be seen. He has looked good two weeks in a row, but can he do it three, four, five, potentially six weeks in a row? I don't know. We will have to wait and see. But three games left on the schedule for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who now sit at seven and seven. First place in the NFC South for another week in a row. Man, oh man. I, I know that... Uh, I hate that the Bucks have made me do this so many times this year where I feel like I have to come on the podcast and eat crow, but I came on the podcast after the Colts game. And I kind of said, like, I don't have much hope in this team this year. I really don't. I said before this game, on the game preview show with Mike Wall, former Packer, I said it's hard to trust the Bucks this mm-hmm. year. I didn't pick them to win because I didn't feel like I could trust them. I'm not saying that relationship has been repaired
3: all the way because
2: they're still kind of hard to trust.
3: Yeah, no, they're definitely uh, not sure. I mean, it, I, it's, I... it's it's the defense. It like when they were they were up, they were up or whatever. They were up ten. They were up twenty to ten, and I think it might have been a tweet from Luke Easterling that said like, yeah, but like with how the Bucks defense has been, like. A twenty, a ten point lead feels like a three point lead. Like it just, it feels like it just go away like that. We saw it in Atlanta last week. They had a they had a two score lead yeah. uh, in the fourth quarter, and it went away like that. Like this defense, I think, sort of, may end the fact that you don't know, like, okay, maybe you won't get this level of production on offense every week, but like, are you going to get like how it was against New Orleans, like that production, or are you going to get how it was against like? like brutal, you know, like Detroit or, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that. Like, is that like, what offense are you going to get? And I think that's why it's still so hard to know exactly what Bucks team he, you're getting here. I,
2: I think after an offensive performance today, though, this is what they have been working for all season. And it, there's no yes. guarantee. There's no guarantee that the offense is going to look like this every single week for the rest of the year, because this is likely won't. <laughs> this has been 15 weeks in the making. Um, so I, I will say. My hopes are a little bit higher. I feel better about this team potentially stacking wins because I didn't expect them to win today. I really
3: did not. Well, and also, it's, it's the way they won. It is it's, the way they won. Exactly. It was. They, it was. They didn't, it was they the didn't.
2: first convincing win that they yes. have had
3: all year. It, it, yeah, I mean, I, I think New Orleans was pretty convincing, but that that that's that's the New Orleans and Tennessee. Like like those are the two. Uh, so that that's you know three of their what seven wins I, I think have been like. Pretty convincing. Like it's not like oh they won, but they probably shouldn't have. Like those ones are are probably the the ones where
2: I uh, I think I think next week is going to be all end all to decide how hot I am on this Bucks team to end the season because you have a superior quarterback in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, a superior
3: superior team like Jacksonville's better, right?
2: You are playing them at home, but you know whenever the Bucks have played a vastly superior team this season, they have crumbled. They have. Mm Uh, I I would like to not see that if they lose next week, it's going to depend on how they lose. You know, if it's a three point game that was competitive till the end, that's one thing. But if you get absolutely ran in your home stadium, like you have several times on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve, a week before my birthday, man, uh, then I don't know how much faith I will have moving forward. But regardless, I, I don't care. As of right now, I care about today's win. The Bucks are
3: seven and seven, 500 yet again, here in
2: late December,
3: you love to and, see it, and the the first time, just like you you said on the game preview show, first time they've won three straights since twenty twenty one. So, um, a, a big win for Tompols, obviously. Uh, I, you know, still don't think, and and we, and look, I'm not going to say this every week because I've made it very clear. I don't even think he's he's safe if he makes the playoffs. Like I think if they get ran in the playoffs, like uh, I think you know, I don't know how safe his job is, but. Uh, A a big win to go into Lambeau and win this type of game um, is pretty big. And, uh, you know, to be able to – the offensive production that you had. Yeah, the Packers defense isn't great, but uh, the offensive production that you had was just – I mean, darn near perfect. Uh, and Baker Mayfield had a perfect passer rating. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a really good game. And, and will it be that way the the whole time? No. And like the offense is probably not going to do be that productive again. Because honestly, like the Tom Brady Bucks offenses, even in twenty twenty one, sometimes weren't that productive. Like that yeah. was that's an insane production. You know, like there there's a lot of production there. So um, I, I do think that um why and that's why I'm saying I think the defense has to play better. Right, because you can't rely on 34 points from your offense every time. But Jacksonville is a better team; they are a better football team. But they can be beaten. Like like, like the, and and Trevor Lawrence might not. Is I mean might not it's definitely not going to be 100 healthy yeah. um so like they can be beaten will it be difficult yes but like it's not impossible it's not like you got the 49ers coming here or even like the Dallas Cowboys right now coming here like um you know or like the the freaking 85 Bears like 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 they, they can be a, a team that's beaten they are a good team but it, you can take advantage of it so the Bucks are going to have to play well but uh, it, it is a game they're going to have a shot in. And, and like like you said that's right. I think, and and I think you speak for a lot of of the fan base. I think a lot of them are in this boat where even if you lose, like they don't have to win, right? Like, even in the the grand scheme of things, this is against an AFC opponent. It's obviously non divisional. It's not even in the conference. Like, if you're going to lose one more game down the stretch, like you'd prefer it be this one. Like, it doesn't really impact you much in terms of tiebreaker and stuff uh, inside the conference or division. So, um, but it's, yeah, it's losing by three or losing by 14, you know, lose them by seven or losing by 17. Like there's a big difference. And I think uh fan's confidence and hope with this team will go up. Even if they lose, if they lose 24 to 21, I think fans are going to say, you know what, you know, didn't win, but battled. And, you know, all eyes on new Orleans in the next week. So uh, I think that's where you're, you're kind of at right now with that game.
2: 452 total yards of offense today for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their big time win is, In Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. Once again, 34-20, your final score. And, folks, that's just about going to do it for this week's post-game episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you to all of our callers. Always great to hear from you, Corey. Sorry to Steven. Sometimes you just got to be a little more prepared, my man. It's all right. We'll get you next time. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens Speaking of Bucks news, as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. Check out his written work at Bucksnation.com. What have you got this week?
3: Yeah, so obviously going to be doing the Q&A with the Jaguars uh, SV Nation site as well as having the X Factor. I wasn't able to get out this week. uh, Time crunch and just ran out of days. So uh, we'll definitely have it out this week. X Factor, obviously, uh, for a, a pretty a pretty big game, not necessarily with like I said, within the Bucks for the division or anything like that. That that comes the following week against New Orleans. But um a, a big game, I think, for Bucks fans confidence and their their psyche, I think, with this team. So uh it's sort of a, a pretty good measuring stick after three straight wins, but uh three straight wins against one, the Carolina Panthers, two the team that just lost to the Panthers, and then three of the team that lost to the Giants last week. So uh, even though two of them were on the road, uh, you do want to see a, a better, uh, you know, a pretty solid showing against Jacksonville this week.
2: I want to extend some well wishes to our good buddy, James Hill, AKA Mr. Bucks nation. I had to fill in on his game day live stream today. Uh, Cause he is dying. Apparently. I don't know. What's I was, going I was on. just about
3: to say he's not dying, but he's, was he's like- not
2: dying. He should be okay. But I mean, man, he woke up today with a fever of like 104 degrees He's been on heavy medication and heavy bed he's, rest most of the day. You think d- what? What are you gonna say?
3: He's fine. Oh, you are you saying? Are you saying he's being a little? <laughs> he'll dramatic? be fine. I'm not saying he's faking it, but he'll he'll live. It's okay.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know about Evan, but I want to extend <laughs> some well wishes to our good buddy James Hill. Uh, it's all Mr. about it, people who have
3: listened to the show for a long time know the bit. So, oh, of course, of course.
2: Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. We will talk to you guys later this week as we look ahead to the Buccaneers contest at home against the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars. But three uh, three wins in a row feels pretty damn good, so we're going to hang on to this win and take it into Victory Monday. We'll talk to you guys later this week. We appreciate you listening. Thank you again to all the callers and all the new subscribers it has been an awesome Sunday. Looking forward to the next one. Three games left for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Rip Matthew. signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks!